Welcome to The Sauce, a St. Louis restaurant podcast. I'm Mira Nagarajan. And I'm Michelle Volansky. Welcome to this week's episode. Michelle, where have you been lately? Recently, I had an exciting birthday trip to Sato. So fun. Sato is one of my favorite places. And my partner and I are big fish heads. We're (laughs) obsessed with Japanese food in general, but fish is like our favorite. So for special occasions, we let ourselves go wild at Sato. And go wild we did. Oh, gosh. Okay, so now where's the best place to sit? (laughs) Okay, we always sit at the sushi counter. Yes. If at all possible. We love the view. And I feel like it's also like the cozy kind of most comfortable seat in Sato. Yeah. Like their big dining room. It's like really lively and loud. So it almost feels like more intimate to like sit with a friend at the sushi counter. It's definitely best if you're solo or with one other person. Seating is really limited. When you make a reservation, you can choose if you want to sit there specifically. Okay. So we always have that experience. When you're ordering sushi from the sushi counter, do you feel like you get extra surprises or maybe something that's not on the menu or not available widely when you're there? Sometimes. And you can also, you see everything that's going out. So it's like you get a preview or you can see a fish and you're like, oh my God, wait, what is that one? And then you can, you can have a back and forth and kind of talk to the sushi chefs back there, you know, depending on how busy they are. But um, yeah, yeah, it's always so fun. So what did you have? When we go, we do really focus on sushi. The whole menu is great. There's a lot of, you know, savory cooked dishes that are really great there, but we tend to go ham on the nigiri menu. Okay. So, and one thing that is really special about Sato, owner Nick Bogner was on the wait list for a long time. I'm, I'm not sure how long, but he did tell me this anecdote where he was really waiting to develop a relationship with this local American unagi, which is eel, eel farm in Maine. Okay. And once he opened Sato, he did finally like get that connection established. So he has this like beautiful eel on the menu that's American grown, which is really unique. I don't think anyone else in town, very few people I think in the Midwest are even sourcing this eel. I would imagine. And so we always get, we always get it in nigiri form, which is that sushi that's, you know, your clump of sushi rice with a piece of fish over it. They also offer it as a kabayaki from the Robata Grill. So it's like a little box with rice and some pickled vegetables. And they give you like a six ounce piece of the unagi. And that's like where the dry aged program comes into So I believe the unagi goes through that and it's grilled on their fancy Japanese charcoal grill with some barbecue sauce and everything. Both are really special. So I always tell people like if you go, if the eel's available, you have to try it. That's so fun. I want to do that next time. Yeah, we always get the nigiri so we can also get like little bites of everything else. One thing that was also exciting on this visit, uh, I always get uni, which is sea urchin. That's one of my favorites. And the selection varies depending on what the sourcing is. They usually always have a Santa Barbara uni and one from Hokkaido. But this time they had Baja uni. And I've never seen it on a menu before. Like Baja, California? Mm -hmm. Yeah, which makes sense. It's only a little bit southern um, from Santa Barbara. So I had to try that because I had to know. And it's similar tradition where like California uni, it's usually bigger. Mm -hmm. It's creamier. It's sweeter. And the Hokkaido is more, it's a more mild flavor, Mm -hmm. but it's more like depth of brininess. See, I preferred the Hokkaido one because I thought I thought that the Santa Barbara one that I had had like a little bit more like funk to it. Yeah. It had like a little bit more. It was a little sassier. The Hokkaido one I thought was like 
more mellow. Yes, it's milder flavor. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, and then also when we go there, we usually always try to get a bottle of sake to share. Sato features not just that. Um, you're used to seeing sake, I feel like, in that um, 360 milliliter size bottle. The little ones. The little ones. But they also have a few 720s, like the size of a wine bottle. Mm-hmm. And they serve it with wine glasses. So it's nice. It's like kind of changing your perspective on sake, making you feel more like you're ordering a fine wine in yeah. an upscale restaurant. And Completely. really like savoring those sakes. And they have some really special ones. We did a drink this a few months ago on this one bottle that we always love to get. It's the um, Kaitsu Kambara Bride of the Fox. Yeah. It's a Jumai Ginjo uh, sake. So it's really light. It's not too sweet. It's nutty. It's crisp. It really balances all the really fatty fish flavors. And it's just beautiful. We loved that sake. I love that one too. I remember when we first ordered it, they described it as being a little bit savory, but I feel like exactly the way you described it, where it's like really crisp and not too sweet. It's so good with food. And let me tell you, that stuff goes down real quick. I mean, it feels like as easy as drinking a tall, cool glass of water. Yeah, it's so smooth. Yeah. I also love their Higashi Teeny, which is their savory, their very, very savory martini. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that one, uh, our savory cocktails in a recent episode, and there's is definitely right on trend. It's yeah. delicious. Theirs has a little bit of sesame, toasted sesame oil floating mm-hmm. on top. So really tying in the flavors of the restaurant into the drink. Mm-hmm. We also had a very fun dish that was like this smoked mackerel sashimi. It's served in a bowl with like this tiny little briquette of charcoal that's smoked. Stop. And you're like, oh, if you want to smoke your flavor, like leave the lid on longer. And we left it on for like as long as we could stand it. Yeah. It's like... Smoke it up. Because mackerel is a very powerful flavor. Yeah. So with it can handle a lot of smoke, I'm totally. sure. Yeah, yeah, those like rich fatty fishes, the smoke was so beautiful on that. And we love that. We usually tend to go with like the fishiest fish on the menu. When all the sardines and the mackerels and all the oily fishes, that's well, my favorite. Well, you come to the right place. <laughs> oh, that sounds so fun. I so really fun. am looking forward to my next visit to Sato. And I want to try their desserts next time. I didn't get to do that because I was... I overate as usual. Yeah, um, that's true. What do you? We always do? have like a finale uni that we're like, sorry, that's my dessert. Yeah, I can't stop. It's the Japanese cheese board answer. <laughs> exactly. I actually went to Nudo not too long ago because my friend who is in town, she grew up in St. Louis. She lives on the East Coast. Her name is Tam, and she loves crab rangoon, and she insists that St. Louis makes the gra- best crab rangoon in the world. I, I believe it. So whenever she comes in town, me and my friends always make sure to have a nice selection of crab rangoon for her. This time we got it at Nudo, and it is really, really good. Their version is very good. They make it there. It's not like some pre-bought frozen situation, but truly it was perfect. And I love that the whole menu is reliably good. Mm -hmm. It's consistent every time. I love their egg rolls, their veggie egg rolls. Their sesame noodle dish is such a nice light dish. It's like cold noodles, pickled carrot, cucumber, ginger soy. There's a little bit of a peanut sauce. It's just light and crunchy and filling and flavorful. We love their mushroom ramen, which is vegan without the egg. It's their shroomed out ramen. And I also love their tofu banh mi. So I love all of the go-tos that I get at Nudo. I appreciate because they're the same every time. They're so consistent. 
Also, like for a noodle shop like that, usually you go to a ramen place and you're the bowl is the star. Like you just want a big bowl of ramen. And sometimes I might judge a restaurant that like if you have too many appetizers or something, it's like you don't need it. But they really their appetizers are so great. Every crispy little fried thing is great. There's also a really great cabbage salad on that menu. Ooh, I haven't had that. It's great. I love they have this um, beef and broccoli lo mein dish that is so good. They're just all the noodles there are great. If you usually go there for bowls of ramen, try something new next time. Yeah. You can't miss. Yeah. They have like an ever-changing soft serve flavor lineup and whatever's on the menu, just give it a whirl. It's really fun. So love Nudo. And then also at your recommendation, Michelle, I went to Bagel Union and got this sesame bagel with cacio e pepe cream cheese. They were doing sandwiches with the cacio mm-hmm. e pepe cream cheese. And you could get a bagel with the cream cheese, which was flavored with pecorino and black pepper. And then you could top it with soppressata or you could top it with prosciutto. I just bought the cacio e pepe cream cheese alone and put it on a toasted sesame bagel. And it is like... Such a genius combination. It's so great. We keep talking about that, that, you know, Bagel Union is a great new addition to St. Louis scene. It's part of our bagel boom that we've been experiencing. The bagels are wonderful. But one thing that's been such a great surprise is they were doing so many specials. And I don't think I realized that they wanted to, like, mix it up so much. But we've had so many great specials all through the summer. There was an amazing Elotes bagel that was so great with, like, a lime cream cheese and, like, charred corn topping. It was so beautiful. And yet this cacio e pepe one, they've been doing a pumpkin spice one with like a carrot cake cream cheese. They have a beef sandwich that's been running on special. It's wonderful. I just love that. Yes, the bagels are great and you can just buy a dozen of those and keep them in your freezer and use as needed. But when you want like an elevated, fun bagel inspired lunch or breakfast or whatever, They have something interesting coming down the way. Yeah, I agree. It is unexpected. But that cacio e pepe cream cheese at the end of your meal when you've had a bowl of like cheesy pasta and you use your table bread to like clean up the bowl because there's all Mm. that cheese and butter and sauce left over. That's what it was like for me. That was the experience. I didn't know they were selling it like the tubs of it. I don't know if they're selling it by the tub, but I mean, I got the little guy. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, I tried both the meat versions because, of course, I did. And the I think <laughs> the um, it was yeah, soppressata and the prosciutto was my favorite because it was so just creamy, melts in your mouth. It lets like the bagel be the crispy part, and everything else is just soft and great. You also tried Central State sandwiches. Speaking of sandwiches, right, right. Another, it's the latest food vendor to go through Second Shift Brewing Company's tasting room on the hill. It's a food truck. They're parked outside. Mm-hmm. They have very regular hours. I think it's pretty much matching second shifts hours right now. And yeah, it's a sandwich shop. They're doing all kinds of different sandwiches. A lot of them are on their hoagie bread. We tried a chopped cheese that was great on the hoagie, but the star of that menu to me was they have a breakfast bagel sandwich. Speaking of bagels. Yeah. And I'm always hunting for my ideal breakfast sandwich. And this one was pretty perfect. Okay. What makes it ideal? 
Okay, so the bagel itself, it was toasted, so it had a little crisp, but it was mostly soft. I love like a soft mouthfeel, like sink my teeth into. And it was like two really gooey, sunny side up eggs, melty American cheese, two slices of crispy bacon. But the thing that really held it together was they have this like sweet and tangy sun-dried tomato cream cheese Okay, as the condiment. And it gave it almost like a ketchup taste, like that sweet, tangy, itch to scratch. But yeah, it was creamier and it had more depth of flavor yeah. than a ketchup. It was so great. And more decadent too. Oh yeah. Very decadent. Very All the ingredients between like the gooey eggs and the melty cheese and the cream cheese, it was very soft in the middle, but held itself together. It wasn't like sliding out. The construction was sound. Yeah. yeah. I ended up like immediately checking the hours because I was like, wait a minute, how early can I swing by and get this sandwich? Because I'm going to need this again yeah. immediately. Oh my gosh. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. I like a breakfast sandwich where the bread does not resist. Yes. Yeah, it's too much. In the morning, I just can't fight. Yeah, I need softness. Mm-hmm. A little crunch, but like with the eggs, I want them light and fluffy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's great. More power to soft bread on egg sandwiches. <laughs> we recently had an office brunch at Fleur STL. They are at 622 Shoto Avenue. It's the former Eat Right space. A local chef, Tim Egan, he used to work at a couple places, including the Weber Grill at the Galleria, which I had very positive experience yeah, when they I opened. Yeah, I it did was, too. Their crab cakes were pretty fire. Anyway, but he also worked at Porter Steakhouse in Collinsville and saw that the Eat Right Diner space was open for a lease and he took it over and he was like, you know, it was a manageable space and he moved on it and they really worked on the interior of that space. It's this beautiful, it's still a diner. It feels like a diner. It's got a counter with 13 seats. There's two two tops on either window of the entrance. So totally 17 seats inside. There's also a small patio with about maybe 12 seats outside. But the interior has got this like hunter green walls and like subway tile their kitchen is open so you can see everything that they're doing they're like working on the flat top and the fryer the ventilation which i really appreciated was very nice so you didn't like walk out of there smelling like bacon and eggs but it was being cooked next to you regardless and they're doing diner classics breakfast brunch lunch they have cocktails they have a coffee program they have beer wine They have regulars. I mean, when we were there, there were people walking in and the employees knew the customer and the customer vice versa by name. So like I thought that was really a nice note to like take home. And I just thought it was comfortable. I felt like the seats were comfortable. The space where all the food goes on the counter is spacious, at least with Sauce Magazine employees. When we order, we never have (laughs) enough room. And this was like ample space. So I really loved that. And it was just an overall really great dining experience with a chef back there making all the stuff. So it was like, I felt like everything was really polished and refined. So we started with the deviled eggs with candied bacon. The filling was whipped. So it had this like air to it. It wasn't this dense, yolky filling. And then they had a flash fried jalapeno. And I saw them pulling this jar of jalapenos out, but it was like in buttermilk, maybe yeah, they were sousing. Dredging it in yeah. Front of us. And I was like, is this 
the best uh, deviled egg I've ever had. And I think it was. I mean, I'm not experienced with deviled eggs. <laughs> I, you know, didn't get them at the family picnic growing up or anything like that. But as far as deviled eggs go, I thought it doesn't get better than this. I felt like you were really talking about the way they cut the egg. Yeah. And I thought that was such a great detail. Yeah, they cut them horizontally instead of vertically, if that makes sense. So they're like a tall little cup that really holds the filling. And then they they shave off just the very bottom of it so they can sit flat on the plate. Yeah. That's so smart. And I thought that the the candied bacon, it was so tiny, but it offered like a salty sweet bite. The jalapeno, it's like warm. Mm-hmm. The whole rest of the egg is almost fridge cold, but that warm, like spicy crunch when you just ate the whole bite at once, everything made sense together. It was just like, okay, I'm really excited for the rest of the meal because I yeah, thought it was perfect bite. Perfect. You tried their Bloody Mary with their house-made Bloody Mary mix. What did you think? Yeah, if I'm at a brunch spot, I have to have a Bloody Mary. It was great. It was that perfect consistency for a Bloody where it's not too thick or too thin. Often I'll order a beer to like pour in my Bloody Mary to water it down, and I didn't need to do that. They had uh, great toppings, good pickles on top. It was great. Yeah, it looked good. We tried their espresso martini, which had vodka and a house coffee liqueur. I thought it was like a little sharp for me, but having an espresso martini at a diner, I mean, like what a fun experience. I thought that was like, that's like an example of the kind of things, like finer touches that you'll find at Floor STL. We also tried their fried Brussels sprouts, which came with bacon, shallot, and a cider reduction. And I thought that was so good because like when you fry Brussels sprouts, they kind of like open up a little bit like a blooming onion, you know, kind of. And it gets all these like crispy edges on the leaves. And that cider reduction gave it like a sweet, sour tang, just enough to like kind of give them a little moisture, but also so it's not so green and mm-hmm. cabbagey. <laughs> and we tried some of their plates. Okay, so I really wanted to try their biscuits and gravy because they're making their biscuits. And when they came out, you could see the biscuits were super layered and like tall and flaky. And you're our biscuits and gravy queen. So what was your thought? I definitely think the biscuit was the star. Yeah. It was like tall, layered, so fluffy and fresh. And then the gravy was kind of a thinner sauce around it. Yeah. Uh, It was definitely like compliment to the biscuit. Yeah. I feel like often when we get biscuits and gravy, your common complaint is that there's not enough gravy. Not enough gravy. It's true. I want a little iceberg of a biscuit in a sea of gravy. <laughs> Is that just because you love the gravy? Tr- oh, yeah, I don't want a dry bite. Yeah. You know, and often, I think often sometimes it is because the biscuits are maybe, they're not intended to be the star. Sometimes when you're ordering a biscuit and gravy, the biscuit is a little dry. Yeah. Or kind of standard. In this case, it didn't bother me because the biscuit was so good yeah. that I enjoyed it on its own. It but, was a quality biscuit. Yeah. 100%. And then we also tried their... Slinger. Yeah, I loved the slinger. Okay. I know people love a slinger. I'm not into chili, like, Mm. personally. I made chili once, and I saw all the raw meat go into the pot, and I was looking at it like, ooh, I don't think I needed to see that. But it affected my ability to, like, consume chili without any hesitation. But their slinger, I thought, was so good. I think they're grinding their own mix for, like, their burgers, which are 
a really popular menu item. Our managing editor, Ian Shaw, had their burger and had a really great experience and loved it when he went to Fleur on his own. So we didn't get that this time, but they have like their burger patty on Mm -hmm. the dish and it was really good. It was salted, really nice, great flavor, good crispy edges on it too because they're searing it on that flat top. It had American cheese. There was over easy eggs. There was hash, which... I think they say like potato hash, like so casual, but those potatoes were incredible. They're like so good. I don't know. They're like Yukon gold potatoes. I think they brine them or something and then they fry them and they're just so fluffy and soft and great. And then their chili, their chili was good. But the pro tip that I learned from one of their regulars was she does half pour of chili, half pour of the sausage gravy. Yeah, what a star. Yeah. What a genius. We <laughs> saw them doing it and we we're like, excuse me, what are you making? What is that? Yeah. Like, oh, she asked for this way. And we're like, They put a large pile of fried onions. Onions. Ugh, so, so great. Everything had like a crunch factor, fried jalapeno, fried onion, you know, like there was something going on to add textural yeah, element. Yeah, always thinking of texture there, yeah. clearly. And then, okay, the gravy with the chili idea, it's like those enchiladas, like the divorced eggs. Yeah. You know, where you get the red sauce and the green yep, sauce. Yep, Christmas enchiladas. Yeah, more variety with the sauce. We love sauce at sauce. <laughs> and then we also tried their seasonal Benedict, which they were doing with pork belly. And their hollandaise sauce was so good. They're not making their... English muffin, but the English muffin was amazing. And then they had this pile of sweet potato hay. Mm-hmm. And that was really something. It was great. Yeah. I don't even like sweet potatoes. Yes, you were cautious, but it came, it's the perfect little amount yeah, of crisp, just that little bit of sweetness because the pork yeah, it was so rich. And then the the hollandaise they were doing was a little Dijon-y. So yeah. it had like a mustardy tang. It was great. Yeah. And we got their regular fries, which their fries are brined and fried. Mm -hmm. So like every part of the French fry has a lot of flavor on it. So I love Flores. Yeah, they're really nailing the vibe of elevated diner without seeming like because when you want a diner, you do want something that's kind of comfortable and casual and comforting. So you don't want it too upscale. But so it's comfortable, but it's not pretentious or too stuffy. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Can't wait to go back. And I love that it's so close to where we work. It's like, if you need an emergency Benedict, you can just pop on yeah, over. I was like, do we need to be popping here for brunch more yeah. often? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So this week up next, we at the office are headed over to 1929 Pizza and Wine in Wood River, Illinois to check out their pizza, their fresh, fresh salads, their really cute desserts. I had a great experience when I went there a few months ago. So looking forward to seeing what they're doing over there. Yeah, I'm excited to try. I know they they sunk a lot of effort into this development in Wood River. So excited to give it a visit. Yeah. And the space is cute. So hopefully it'll be perfect. That's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, thank you. Links and location information to all the restaurants mentioned in this episode can be found in our show notes. Our audio engineer is Alejandro Ramirez. Additional reporting for this episode was done by Ian Shaw, Michelle Volansky, and Lauren Healy. Episodes of The Sauce are recorded at the St. Louis Public Library's Creative Experience Studio. Find new episodes of The Sauce every Wednesday and listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts.